When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is John Hammond, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff here back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We're pleased as always to be part of the vast and always expanding pantheon podcast network we're available on spotify itunes megaphone and over 40 other podcast platforms all right before we get started i want to acknowledge the passing of taylor hawkins from foo fighters um this news uh, came down a couple days ago um my fond memories of him are more so us having him in the rush movie it was kind of an early thing for, uh, to have him in something like that uh, but he was in there very enthusiastic uh taylor as usual talking all about Neil Peart. Uh, I also am, uh, you know, I always marveled at his cover of Queen's Somebody to Love, where he comes out from behind the kit and sings, and he's obviously a great frontman. He did solo stuff. He played many instruments as well. Uh, you know, just a great all-round musician. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I remember a, a comment uh, in YouTube in, in seeing uh, in seeing that, uh, that Somebody to Love thing. Um, what did it say? It said something like... Um, uh, the Foo Fighters, it's pretty funny how uh, the best drummer in the band is the singer and the best singer in the band is the drummer, and everybody's okay with that. I always thought that was kind of a cool thing uh, to say about Taylor. Um, one listener, Mick Phelan, wrote in something that I thought was uh, was pretty nice here. He says, uh, speaking of Taylor's passing, shocking, uh, is he the most household name drummer in the world today? Pretty interesting. Taylor was commemorated in the stadium in Bogota as they played My Hero on the speakers. He never played on that recording, but I appreciate the sentiment. I got great pleasure over the years from Dave and Taylor's drumming. It makes me consider members that join a band and bring uh, a new magic. So, you know, Mick and I have often talked about, you know, show ideas and that's that's kind of interesting you know he's super important uh member of the Foo Fighters of course uh many great examples out there what always tickled me is the great song by Foo's Generator off possibly their best album he's more or less playing Synchronicity too I know he loved Copeland I'm wondering if it's a hats off to him I also wonder uh do other drummers do that anyway take care Mick Phelan so I thought that was pretty cool um 
So yes, shocking news, age 50, uh, Taylor Hawkins. Um, all right, so this episode is going to be, this is episode 144. Uh, it's called Pub Rock. I was going to call it I Hate Pub Rock. Pub Rock Sucks. Uh, warning, don't listen to any Pub Rock, uh, something like that. But I figured Pub Rock was a good, uh, good simple title here. So uh, this might be a little amusing, but this is a whole bunch of music I don't like. Um it's it's a very uh, I thought it would make a really cool episode though because I do uh, on the back burner and I I've started it many times I've got this whole big massive book uh, called Who Invented Punk that I'm trying to get finished one day obviously I did Who Invented Heavy Metal and that was 120 thousand words that ends in 1971 it was very very detailed one of my favorite books of mine but I want to finish this Who Invented Punk and. You know, one of the big sort of building blocks of punk is this pub rock thing, apparently so. Uh, and it's more of an English thing. Um, well, let, let's address this right now. Number one, pub rock is a uh, is a very complicated term. Uh, it's You're going to see an evolution as we go through these songs of what it is. It's kind of a filmy, weird kind of thing about what it is. It's a little bit of music. It's a little bit of look. Uh, it's a little bit of energy. Um, but just to show how complicated it is or not complicated just just it's it's not much of a good defining term put it that way but to show that there's also something uh pub rock is something from england is which is the only thing we're going to talk about here uh or in, in terms of the examples but it's also something from australia apparently um and australian pub rock has even less definition than the than the uh than the UK pub rock. It, it almost comes down to these are bands not big enough to play anywhere outside of pubs uh, in, in, a, in, in a certain respect. I mean, people talk about Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs and Buffalo and Colored Balls and moving into Angel City or the Angels and, uh, and, uh, and Rose Tattoo and that, you know, ACDC on high voltage could be called a, a, you know, the original high voltage could be called a pub rock band. It really means nothing in terms of the music. Um, but in the UK, it means a little more in terms of the music, which we will get into. And and hopefully we'll talk uh, here about how this links into punk rock. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's take a listen to our first example, If You Dare. This is Eggs Over Easy with The Factory. I have to pay. I work hard all week just to keep you nice. Bring you my hard-earned pay, baby. Then you treat me cold as ice. I can't dig it, darling. You're playing it too cool. Trying to use me for a tool. But I'm not going to let that happen. I'm just going to leave you here to suffer, baby. All right, so... You know, people talk about pub rock starting with Brinsley Schwartz. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about them later. Or this band Eggs Over Easy, which actually came from, I think it's California first to New York. And then they go to UK, go to the UK and they record their album there and they become a pub rock mainstay, i.e. playing the pubs. Um, here's a definition I saw online roughly. I'm just going to paraphrase here and, and you'll you'll sort of get the drift. Um Pub rock style of music, uh, early to mid 1970s, more like, yeah, more like 1972 with this Eggs Over Easy album. Um, 
you know, uh, to bring rock away from stadium venues back to pubs and clubs of the early days. Um, it has close ties with power pop and later new wave. That's kind of true, even more so than um, than punk rock, I think. Um, but yeah, so this Eggs Over Easy band is the origins of pub rock. There's this there's this weird sort of country rock soul, almost uh, yacht rock vibe to early pub rock. Um, so it it doesn't really fit in with what we're going to hear later in this episode about what is pub rock. But the the early stuff, the, the way it fits is that in, in, say, this history of punk rock, is that it was definitely, definitely a reaction away from heavy metal, from UK glam, and from prog. It definitely isn't any of that stuff. So the idea was... This is just unpretentious music to be played in the pubs. Definitely another um, uh, aspect of this is dressing down. It's like jeans and shirts and, and you know, not, not, not getting all glammed up or being heavy metal or, or particularly showy uh, with the way you look. So it was, it was that kind of idea. So uh, this is why it has these these salt of the earth uh, rock characteristics to it, i.e., soul and R and B and original old traditional rock and roll. It's funny, you know. I'm, I was looking into this because um, I might do an episode on mods. I know we did the mod revival thing, but you don't see. It, it seems like a little bit of a natural that teddy boys or rockers would be into pub rock because there seems to be some crossover with the music there but not really i mean they're more into true traditional 50s rock and roll and skiffle and elvis presley and that kind of stuff so this stuff doesn't really line up too too well with it let's see what else we can see here in this definition uh, the bands came from a variety of musical backgrounds including folk Folk rock, blues, country rock, and traditional rock and roll. So yeah, I said all that. Um, let's see. Um, so okay, so so eggs over easy. This was hard to listen to, and the album is is not very very good as far as the kind of music I I care about. But it's it's basically this this yeah this this California country rock sort of idea with a little bit of it amped up, and that's kind of the idea. The idea is that. It can get a little more up-tempo and it can get a little more energetic. And apparently in a pub scene, right, you know, it's, it's, hot and dark and sweaty and everybody's kind of getting more energetic and we're and we're gonna and we're gonna hear a little bit about that later on i almost picked brinsley schwartz here uh to put in here um and i just want to talk about them a little bit they're considered pretty much even more than eggs over easy or ace or some of these early bands bees make honey is another one believe it or not help yourself um chili willy and the red hot peppers um Frankie Miller even uh, in this early thing. But Brinsley Schwartz is a good one because uh, it brought forth Ian Gom and especially uh, Nick Lowe um, from, uh, fr- from this from this band that that essentially sounded not not a heck of a lot better. I mean, you know, somewhat more professional than this eggs over easy thing. Their their debut was April 1970, self-titled. They had despite it all uh, December 1970, Silver Pistol, February 1972, Nervous on the Road, September 72, Plays Don't Ever Change, October 73, The New Favorites of Brinsley Swartz, July 74. So, they did a lot of this stuff. They're probably the most prolific band. I even yeah, I, I went and saw Graham Parker and Brinsley Schwartz was actually in his band. Uh, I think it was just a two-piece thing playing down at the Horseshoe here in Toronto. And I actually had a bunch of these albums and got them signed by Brinsley, which was kind of cool. 
and the Graham albums he's on. But also later on, they were produced by Dave Edmonds. And the reason this band is super relevant is because once you get into early Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds tracks on Wax 4 and Rockpile and all that, you kind of get a late version of pub rock uh, that's happening in tandem with punk rock. Um, so that's kind of neat. So that's why they're sort of uh, important uh, here as well. All right. Let's move on to our second selection. Uh, this is Kilburn and the High Roads with the Badger and the Rabbit. All right, so this is from their only album, Handsome, uh, June 1975. I, I picked this because it's relevant um, in terms of uh, this is the, the the precursor band to Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Of course, Ian Dury is in this band. Um, but again, the whole album is this sort of British show music or Irish show band music. It's, it's just kind of this schmaltzy with a little bit of R&B and soul to it. Um, but th the idea is that everybody's kind of looking sort of scruffy and it's a looking a little punk rock and it's and it's earthy and it's of the pubs and ian dury of course you move into that music now ian dury's a kind of a funny one because it it he almost feels like a continuation of the pub rock ethic into and past uh punk rock even into the post-punk era really um and he has a lot of hits but it's kind of like it's kind of like uh novelty music in a way um, but, but yeah, I thought I'd pick them because it still feels like part of the, the evolution of this, uh, whole thing. So, uh, yeah, that was not very enjoyable and the rest of the album isn't, uh, very enjoyable either. Um, all right. This episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works, but what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at Better help.com slash five songs that's better h-e-l-p.com slash five songs thanks again to better help for sponsoring this episode all right so let's move on track number three i wanted to play someone i actually really like uh this guy's a god to me um graham parker back to school days
Okay, that's from Howlin' Wind. I don't particularly like this song, and I don't particularly like this early album of his. Um, but Graham Parker definitely fits in this pub rock thing, and I wanted to pick him for a, n- a number of reasons. Number one, he he is um, he is an early example of this. He is someone I really like. I mean, I think I if if you get anything out of this episode in terms of music to go play, um, start with 1979, squeezing out sparks. 1980s, the Up Escalator is one of my favorite albums of all time if you're at all into that bruce springsteen kind of music or elvis costello graham parker is almost like a cross between bruce springsteen and elvis costello but way better than both of them almost like almost like um as much as I like Warren Zevon, he's kind of a Warren Zevon kind of guy. Um, but I love, I love, I love um, Squeezing Out Sparks 79, The Up Escalator 1980, and Another Gray Area 1982. And as I said, he came to town and played um, The Horseshoe, and I got one of those um, uh, 10 albums that changed my life things um, uh, that, uh, that you know, it's a column I regularly do for Goldmine. So I met with him and did that and got some stuff signed. It was awesome. It was a great show. And like I say, Brinsley Schwartz was there. But so his early material, though, so the Howlin' Wind, 1976, that this is from, and Heat Treatment and Stick to Me, those, those first three albums are very pub rock. Now, the other reason I wanted to pick these is that uh, this reminds me a little bit of the the pub rock kind of thing you would get out of like a Southside Johnny or a Mink Deville, Willie Deville, uh, Willie Nile for that exa- for that matter. Um, so so there's a little bit of a crossover to uh, American you know East Coast feeling R and B soul kind of stuff. Um, you, you also get a little bit of that, of course, with Bruce Springsteen uh, as well, and maybe even some Billy Joel somewhat. Um, this love of various different traditional musics, maybe some Detroit Motown or whatever in it. So, so this is another uh, unfortunate aspect of this pub rock music I hate with all uh, all my being and all my fiber. Um, so there you go, Graham Parker. At least it's somebody I like uh, from this genre. Uh, I wanted to mention actually on the subject of bands I like, I wanted to mention Ducks Deluxe as well, which I don't like. Um, but what I do like is that Ducks Deluxe morphed into the motors and which morphed into Brom Tchaikovsky in a way as well. Brom Tchaikovsky is a band I absolutely adore and the motors I am very fond of as well. Um, but Ducks Deluxe was a pub rock band and I just wanted to read a little bit of a liner notes, uh, from the back of, um, from the back and where's my, uh, I thought I had some Ducks Deluxe, uh, discography here to mention anyways um from the back of a compilation i have ducks deluxe it says few came better than ducks deluxe sure all record sleeves say that but for once it's true in their short career ducks deluxe did what few bands ever hoped to achieve they helped mold the history uh future history of rock and roll without a single hit record of their credit that was no mean feat ducks deluxe uh, blah 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 uh, x roadie second second cousins on the man help yourself flame and groovies brinsley swartz family tree so there you go there's a bit more of your pub rock family tree but by the following winter they had an identity of their own packing them inside legendary london locals like the kensington and the tally hole kentish town pub rock was no cliche in those days people also mentioned the hope and anchor and you know that's the other thing about this pub rock thing when pub rock sort of died out and and was taken over by punk um you know a lot of these same venues just turned into punk rock venues, uh, in a way. Um, so, so this whole pub rock circuit, quote unquote, uh, became kind of a punk rock circuit. Uh, let's see. Pub rock was no cliche in those days and jostling 
The Brinsleys, Bees Make Honey, and Kilburn and the High Roads, the Ducks, as they were affectionately known, stripped British rock of its sequins, dragged it back to the street corner, and thus paved the way for Dr. Feelgood, the Hot Rods, and the Sex Pistols, and the Punk Rock Explosion. Uh, so, let's see, and we'll read a little more. Indeed, the early Ducks were often dubbed punks for the power and earthy integrity of their live show. From the start, Sean Tyler, uh, later Tyler Gang, right, took, took a get up and boogie or... Um, uh, F off out of it and his motto uh, while his Lou Reed vocal rasp and the crashing guitar beat lifted the ducks so that's the thing um, everybody calls these bands heavy and punky and they're definitely not that they're definitely not that on album Ducks Deluxe is not very heavy or punky it's it's pretty tame uh, pub rock and like I say pub rock kind of has got a little bit of yacht rock to it and a little country rock so I, I don't like this music at all um, but yeah, 1974 debut, Taxi to the Terminal Zone uh, in 75, and then this compilation. Is that what I have here? Yeah. The, the one I'm reading this off of is the compilation from 78 called Don't Mind Rockin' Tonight. And then they actually have a live album called Last Night of a Pub Rock Band uh, that came out in 79. So they, they definitely fit as well. All right, let's move on to our next one. Take a listen to this, track four on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, uh, Pub Rock, episode 144. This is Dr. Feelgood with One Weekend. Okay, so now we're getting into probably the band that is considered the key pub rock band. Uh, you might consider them Brinsley Schwartz, um, but this is the later era, the more so, uh, you know, signature pub rock band. Um, this is from their debut, Down on the Jetty. Of course, this band is led by Wilco Johnson on guitar. Uh, so January 75, Down by the Jenny, October 75 malpractice September 90 uh, 76 stupidity um May 1977 sneak and suspicion September 77 be seeing you September 78 um private practice so the thing with Dr. Feelgood is as you're getting the evolution of this sound the evolution towards punk rock is that it gets a little faster it gets a little rawer the vocals are a little more extreme there's just a little more energy uh you know the 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 quintessential pictures of this band is is like sweaty stringy hair um and definitely a pub rock sort of situation in terms of you know they're definitely in the pubs um but the other funny thing is that when you look at the album covers these these kind of like gritty black and white pictures of the band they actually look fairly punky so they're living up to that ethic of uh, of definitely not being clothes horses and being all glammed out um so there is that to them uh you know, critics love this band. Uh, I love the album covers. I love the whole idea of them, that they're making all these albums, this, this you know, this pre-punk sort of thing. Um, but every time I go back and try to listen to these albums, I just don't care. I don't like... I don't like R&B. I don't like traditional rock and roll. Um, you know, I, I don't like funk. I don't like, I don't want to hear any horn arrangements. I'm not crazy about barrel house, boogie, woogie piano. Um, so just again, I don't like pub rock. Um, let's move on though. Uh, this is track number five. So this is our last one. And in the evolution, I think you're going to hear it here. This is Eddie and the Hot Rods with Quit This Town. 
Okay, so the idea here is that, um, so Eddie and the Hot Rods have an album in 1976 called Teenage Depression, 1977 called Life on the Line, 79 Thriller, 81 Fish and Chips, kind of all over by the 79 and 81 albums. Um, But I remember as a kid uh, buying these as new releases, hoping they were punk rock, and they definitely weren't. Uh, but you can definitely hear also the transition more so from the Dr. Feelgood towards punk rock. Um, so Life on the Line has that quintessential cover of, you know, the guy's like holding up a noose uh, and he's got this kind of Rod Stewart blonde hair and it looks pretty violent and punky. Um, this, this, uh, this is off of, uh, this is off of Life on the Line. So this is from 77. So punk is already a year and a half old at this point. Um, uh, you know, their their kind of most famous song is Do Anything You Want to Do, which is sort of a melodic, uh, melodic, up-tempo, punky song. You know, power chords, and it's it's a little it's a little bit heavy. Paul Gray uh, from The Damned, one of my favorite bands of all time, came from Eddie and the Hot Rods. Uh, but what I, what I like about this is that um, it is moving a little bit more away from the R&B-ness of it and certainly the mellow R&B-ness of it all. The recordings are a little raw. You know, that both of those album covers are very stark looking. Um, I think the first one is, is like this really colorful psychedelic shot of a guy holding a gun to his head. Um, so we thought they were punk rock. I essentially bought both these albums and was disappointed by both of them because we were headbangers, right? We loved metal and, you know, punk was kind of cool too. I mean, loved heavy punk. Um, but the other interesting thing about this particular suggestion, uh, um, uh, suggestion, selection is that um, it, it really shows you the, the evolution of pub rock not directly to punk, but a little more to new wave. So you've got you've got new wave, not particularly post-punk, that's a whole different thing, but new wave music of the UK and even of America. So when you get into the romantics and the kings up in Canada and who else is there? Um I don't want I don't want to really say the cars. Um uh, but but those more traditional uh those more traditional rock and rolly Bruce Springsteen slash you know, mixed in even Tom Petty a little bit uh, in the early days, I suppose. But so, so this is leaning a little towards that. And then also, like I say, uh, I would say in, in the UK, at least you had a little bit of that new wave feel with Elvis Costello and early Nick Lowe as well. So Eddie and the Hot Rods is, is always considered the last pub rock band before you get to, to punk rock. So I, I think that's that's kind of interesting. Um, so there you go. Those are our five. Um, just a few honorable mentions here. Uh, there was a big list I saw online. I mentioned a few of these bands. But yeah, Frankie Miller kind of fits in this thing. Let's see who I haven't mentioned here. Ace, I didn't go play a bunch of Ace. There's a band called Kokomo, I can understand, is a, is a big song. There's Charlie and the Wide Boys, Cursal Flyers, um, The Winkies. Star-Eyed and Laughing, Rugulator, the Count Bishops. I remember having some Count Bishops albums. Um, they looked really rough and tough. They looked like rockers. So here's here's your little bit of a crossover 
with the whole idea of the rockers. That whole thing is fascinating itself. Go look up on the internet, Teddy Boy fashion. It'll blow your mind if you don't know what I'm talking about. Rockers were more uh, the opposite of mods where it's just leather jackets and kind of greased back hair and, you know, jeans and boots. But Teddy Boys is a whole other hilarious uh, thing. That is that is wild. Um, but yeah, th those guys kind of fit in that rockers thing. Uh, another interesting one is the 101ers. So Joe Strummer was in the 101ers, which which moved over to the Clash. So he's almost like a metaphor for this whole thing between pub rock and that, because the 101ers were definitely a pub rock band, and then the Clash, you know, at the beginning, early on, they were a quintessential, quintessential punk rock in look, in sound, in everything. That first Clash album. Um, so there you go. Um, this was kind of interesting. I wanted to mention this uh, moving on from uh, so, uh, Fran, uh, someone who wrote in from uh, uh, on on uh, the subject of our fade out episode, our last episode. Uh, I've always, uh, you know, many times have mentioned that that article about how ACDC ends their songs. And, you know, I was I was like, um, you know, saying the party line because this is what the article said. The article said every ACDC song ends ends this this way with a with a big clanging power chord or or someone going, oh, or whatever. Yeah, you know, or whatever. But Fran co corrected me. And this is this is some great research. I'm, I'm glad we have this here. Um, uh, let's see. Dear Martin, thanks for another great episode. One thing I have to disagree with, though, ACDC uh, had quite a few fade-outs, essentially. I checked the European albums and only Bon era. Sorry, I lost interest after Bon. So this is just Bon era. But um, ACDC had quite a few fade-outs. Uh, this article is kind of funny. It's a big, famous article. But even the guy who, who did the research originally said... Um, they have mostly these sorts of songs. And then when the actual official article got written, the author of the article got carried away and said every ACDC song ends like this. But anyways, so ACDC songs from the Bon era with fades, A Long Way to the Top, The Jack, Livewire, High Voltage, Little Lover, On Dirty Deeds, There's Love at First Feel, Rocker, Ain't No Fun, Squealer, Let the Be Rock has Dog Eat Dog, Power Age has Downplayment, down payment blues gone shooting and what's next to the moon um so that's kind of cool uh let's see you would think that mutt lang might uh be an anti-fade outer but even on highway to hell there is one if you want blood fades out so that's kind of cool um so there are actually a bunch of fade outs with acdc so um yeah you you got it you got to watch how you uh you read these things but I, I thought i thought it was pretty funny how um Greg Kennedy, the the author of this article, was was kind of like thinking it was like every every one or whatever. Um, Mick Mick Phelan also writes about the fade out episode. He said, "Great episode, Black Rose, great example." Uh, he's referencing Flavors of Ireland at the end there, footballers literature, Playboy of the Western world being a fairly revolutionary Irish play. It pained me that Ricky Warwick never did that whole vocal fade out when singing under the Lizzie Banner. Great fall. False fade out on Black Rain by Soundgarden, a great studio take. Fearless by Floyd has a clever fade out, a recording of Liverpool fans singing You'll Never Walk Alone. Yeah, that is a cool one, um, which originally appeared in the musical Carousel. So there you go. Um, so there's a few notes on on the whole fade out thing. Uh, if you like the show and want to support future episodes, um, you know, I say this every time. I mean, this Kofi thing is the main way of supporting this uh, this podcast um so kofi.com rhymes with no fee kofi.com uh slash martin pop off hit that red support button buy me a coffee or a pint on that front i want to thank andy at black sugar 
Commission, Bruce Campbell, Tim Derling, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Ryan Gavalier, Darren Kasabowski, Ronald Kramer, Neil Miller, and Augustin Garcia de Paredes. Augustin just sent a great picture of all his books uh, of mine. Um, and that's up on the Facebook. Uh, just just went up yesterday. I thought that was really cool because it's really sharp. You can actually read everything on it. It's a super, super sharp professional photo. That was kind of cool. Um, MartinPopoff.com for all your book needs. Um, the latest one that's selling rather well. I'm very surprised how, how many of these I'm signing and shipping out. Uh, Dream Evil, Dio in the 80s. And I've got supply of all of those visual biographies as well. And lots and lots of stuff in print. So that's MartinPopoff.com for 90 or so of my 115 books probably uh that are in print and available uh thanks uh thanks for this um i'm not gonna say at the end of this episode go play some pub rock because it'd be wasting your time go play some brahm tchaikovsky find all of our shows notes social and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts all songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.